0: New York Real Talk with Pamela Sue Mann, Alex Lefchuk, and some incredibly inspiring guest co presenters from the city that never sleeps via Siren Radio and Southside Broadcasting. <music> Dinner. Marvellous. Last week, and previously as Mary Kerr recall, we actually looked in detail at uh, the uh, other single release from uh, the awesome Leah Hyde, uh, and indeed actually uh, addressed the whole notion of uh, a proposal, uh, which I think went down very well, did it not, Pamela?
1: It really did. It really did. I wish you had been here, Leah. Maybe your ears were ringing or something like that because we were praising you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Highlighting. Maybe it was just a case of Leah Hyde was just the missing fourth guest in more ways than I was.
2: (laughs) Or I was hiding.
0: (laughs) Well, that's Today, you can hear, though, of course, we have Leah Hyde, our ace songstress from Greece, back on the program, a joint New York Real Talk mixed with the Midweek Drive. Formally, welcome, Leah Hyde. How are you?
2: I'm fine. I'm freezing. It's very, very cold here. And um, we're waiting for that spring. I know. I know. Um, I'll, be, I'll be talking in Celsius because this is our metric system here for um, temperature. It's um, four degrees right now. And my brother in London tells me it's 16 right now in London. So,
0: Yeah, well, you see, that's it. We've just swapped the things around. I mean, now London <laughs> is the new Greece, quite clearly. This is what happens.
2: OK, let's hit it to Mykonos in um, I don't know, not in heel this summer.
0: Yeah, well, it's all good. Now, as I say, we keep the, the line going because we can also thankfully say that Kathy Manso has managed to actually get into her apartment, having been obviously locked out because of missing key, which is great stuff from that point of view. Kathy, we'll turn to you initially to start off with, have you managed to have a listen to dinner and indeed proposal from Leah Hyde? Share with us, what did you make of this uh, particular piece of wonderment?
3: Hello, hi. Yes, I did, of course. I even watched the music video. I loved it all. I thought it was just so beautiful. And I think what was so cool about hearing, like, just all the sounds that were just kind of coming perfectly together, where we you're hearing, like, pop, beats, jazz. Um, but I like that it was progressing. I don't know if you guys, I had to hear it like a second or third time, but, like, by the time you get to the end to it, it's like, we're in a party, and I, I loved it. <laughs>
0: Thumbs up very much from Kathy Manser, which is excellent. And we know, Kathy, you were raving last week about uh, Proposal. Uh, the great news is we don't have any missing fourth guests at all today because we're all in one, which is fantastic. <laughs> Jessica Burtis over in North Carolina. What did you make of Dinner by Leah Hyde?
4: Yeah, so Dinner was beautiful. Um, we talked about Proposal last time, and we we talked about like how um, dark and mysterious, it's very vam- vampire Um, um-esque and I think the same is true for this as well like it kind of just has those really mesmerizing just has dark vibes to it in the best way possible like it's so gorgeous to listen to it's very rich and it was sonically just very um dynamic and I think that's what kept it very interesting was um different parts of the song sounded unique and it made me want to keep listening so I enjoyed dinner and I was reading um, about how it's kind of meant to like a continuation of proposal and it goes deeper into the album. And I thought that was really cool. Thank so you. So far
0: it, it's thumbs up Leah. So good news here, but let's turn to our other ace musician in New York, of course, who's coordinating whole range of things. Pamela Suman, what did you make of dinner?
1: Wow, I'm, I'm going to go I've become a lot more familiar, Leah, with your music over the past few because as a songwriter myself and an artist mm-hmm. I don't get to hear this 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 genre of music often enough I don't think an, I don't think enough artists are delving into this territory which is my favorite <laughs> um so I'll, I'll just try and recap as quickly as possible La- last week I feeling sensual exotic and I uh I read that you were compared to Amalie Northam, the Baroness, and I want to get to that in a moment, but um, so fast forward onto dinner, um, I found that the marriage of noir and electronic, I am absolutely in love with that. I mean, I feel like it's, it's as I said, there just, there isn't enough of that universe offered to the world and we need more of it. So please keep doing more and more. Um, and also, I'm wondering two things. Um, uh, how the particular production took shape. And also, um, I wanted to know from you what dinner was about. I mean, I know sometimes when we, when we, when we, when we zoom back and, and we look at these overarching things in our music, I think I get a bit of a sense of that. But when you zoom forward and say, what is this song about? I want to know. I'm so curious. <laughs>
2: uh-huh. Okay. Um, can I give it a go now? <laughs> Please. Okay, um, so uh, the production was um, all done by us. We are responsible for the production. Actually, the boys are here. So the rhythm section is downstairs and they're, uh, again, yeah, they're peekabooing at us, like listening to our conversation. So we were, um, we were locked in our houses. It was a lockdown and uh, we had nothing else to do. So we got to be as uh, experimental as possible. We, The good thing about being our own producer was that we could experiment to the extent of no return. No one was there to judge us and no one was there to tell us what people usually tell us. That hasn't been done up until now. So why would you do it? This is what I constantly get. Like it hasn't been done before. Why do it? There's a reason why people haven't done this, you know. So I'm like, I want to do it so I could do it. So we were there, Um, we tended to every little tiny detail, like things swapping um, sides um, in the speakers. And then um, I played with my voice. I created this very childish choir of me. And then I used it like um, a vinyl scratch like a DJ would do back in the eighties. So I did things that I would normally not do only because I had time, I was in the lockdown. There was nothing else to do. (laughs) <laughs> it was just me, in the walls, my speakers, my, my band. And um, now what it is about, the dinner actually is the proposal is an invitation to a discussion. It's an it, let's say that it's um, an invitation to uh, a symposium, like it would be in ancient Greece where people would um, debate and discuss about a center theme. Um, so dinner, was what we would do. We would usually have a debate about something and then we would have dinner and talk it over over food and have a drink or two and then get back to music and then discuss it again. And um, this is what dinner was about. We usually would have a debate, then we would eat and try to (laughs) to make amends with each other during dinner. So this is why I keep saying, could we focus on being all right? And This is why I keep saying, could we meet after dinner tonight? And we could we focus on being all right. And I always thought like a proposal to a dinner is a nice way to you know to offer a reconciliation date to someone and say, I know we had our differences, but let's talk it over dinner. So this is this is actually our life. it's like a, a, a live video camera, our diary during the quarantine. We would propose a thing with which we would have different opinions because it's the three of us and very strong and very stubborn characters. We would have a position. We would have different strategies on how to go about things. And then we would have dinner. We would reconciliate and then we'll fix everything and go back to making more music.
1: That's incredible. Thank you. Yeah, I think the three really strong characters pushes it to just be stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. And also, um, I want to join your
2: band. Can I join? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, although they, they, I think that there was a say um, a couple of years ago, we used to have a cellist. And they said that, you know, because mammals tend to have their periods and coinciding dates. They said, if we get to have another woman in the band, just make sure you fix your periods. We can only have you crazy one week at a month. Okay, I'll work on that. <laughs> That's the only prerequisite. We, we just have to figure out when, yeah, you know, when yeah. we become.
0: Leah, Le- Le- Lea, in all the years <laughs> I've been doing this, I never thought we'd actually have a discussion about menstrual cycles, but there we are. You've just, you just <laughs> well, put it like- out there and, and so be it. You know, great, great, great <laughs> stuff. Uh, proves obviously uh, the proposal after dinner, democracy is still alive and well in terms of Greek music at least. So good stuff. <sighs>
2: That's a very, very debatable topic too. <laughs> yeah. Democracy is very, very in pain and suffering right now because you know we are in Europe, we are in the Balkans and there's war a couple of thousand kilometers away from us. Mm. Um, I think there is democracy in music um, so far as you are stubborn and um, strong enough to stand your ground and speak your mind. So yeah, there is always open space for everyone to speak. You just have to be bold, which I think is getting difficulter and difficulter day by day because our lives are very fast evolving into territories we don't know and we don't we
3: can't okay. guess.
0: Let, let's open it up a little, uh, Kathy. Any thoughts or questions from yourself?
3: I mean <laughs> what a transition I, I feel like my question isn't going with the vibe of what's going on right now but I do have <laughs> a few questions about well I I always love reading what the titles of the studio album is and this is called the missing fourth guest and I just kind of wanted to know the background of that like why is it called the missing forecast um
2: okay the missing fourth guest is the opening uh, line from Plato's uh Timo's dialogue um it's um it's one of the mm, uh, very celebrated um, um, books and dialogues by Plato because it discusses the creation of the universe and the cosmos, as we know it. And um, (laughs) ours is more human in a way. We were having a dinner downstairs and we were discussing that we have a nice album. We We don't have a title to it and um, we said it's the three of us but there's always a fourth person missing that's helping us be that the trumpet player or the guitar player or the sound engineer so we always said if only these fourth people were here to help us figure out a, a title so we just googled guest fourth guest And suddenly it popped up, the missing fourth guest. And we went back to reading the book by Plato and we said, that's interesting. We have a missing fourth guest. We have Atlantis, creation of the universe. We have a lot of interesting stuff. I think we would make people ask questions about our title. So we just borrowed that line.
3: You got me, you got me. (laughs) Fell right into the trap.
0: We'll be discussing Plato's cave next and the fact that we might just be illusions just shadows reflected on a wall and actually just touching base and trying to work our way through the whole essence of life. Something I've often felt was the case certainly in Lincoln, uh, England that would be. Jessica thoughts for yourself?
4: So with um, Proposal you started writing that in 2019 before the pandemic um, started so how has the pandemic changed the progression of this album?
2: We became more bold, um, we didn't care about any, um, we we didn't have any boundaries, we didn't have any second thoughts. We never knew what was going to happen. We never knew if we were gonna make it alive. I mean, there was a point in the pandemic that we had no idea what the future would bring. So we became more, more bold and there was no second Thoughts about anything? We just go out there and say that sounds crazy, but if we like it. Let's just do it.
4: And do you do you look forward to more live performances now that things are kind of changing? To tell you the truth, I'm not really
2: sure. I think I'm suffering from a major Stockholm syndrome. I, I feel kind of comfortable in. Here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a little bit afraid of going out, but I yes, of course I am. But to be honest, I am a little bit afraid of meeting vast audiences again I don't know how this will be again
4: that's very understandable I think I'm hearing a lot of artists have a whole range of opinions on that topic and um, do you think that live performances are something that like is important when you start writing a song do you consider how it'll sound when you're performing or you just focus on the music itself I used to. I used to, we used to focus very much
2: on how we will do this when we go live. Um, Like for instance, there's a lot of orchestral passages and very cinematic um, arrangements in the songs. And we used to talk to each other and say, how are we going to do this live? Are we going to hire an orchestra? But after the pandemic and after this, you know, boldness that has come over me, I don't, I I think I'll just go with the flow. Um, We've actually submitted to a couple of festivals who can provide us with orchestra players. So I don't know. It's a post-pandemic speaking. I think the sky is the limit. So anything could happen or not.
0: Last week, of course, uh, the uh, selection by Pamela Suman in your absence, Leah, uh, was to go with Kate Bush's track uh, Babushka. So I'm going to ask you this question as we take another short musical break. Uh, which Kate Bush number would you particularly like to to insert into this little piece?
2: Um, Oh, to go with this certain piece.
0: Oh, well, this this interview. What would you like now? What's your favourite Kate Bush number?
2: I made dreamers.
5: To pebble flowers, to decorate to me to Mammy's hero. Morning in the aerodrome, the weather warm, but is colder. For a man in uniform to carry home my little soldier. What could he do? Should have been a rock star, but he didn't have the money for a good time Should have been a politician,
0: and army dreamers uh the choice of Leah Hyde in terms of the whole sequence and i suppose actually very pertinent given as you alluded to early earlier the uh, situation that's still taking place in uh, the ukraine uh and of course uh russia as well maybe you just need to ha- you know invite uh, putin and uh, zelensky to, to a dinner and, and and they can talk it out you know that's that's a key well thing. they
2: that would be nice. Would they do it? That would be interesting if they could just talk it over dinner and stop this madness. That'd be yeah. could
0: could, could well be the case. Uh, Pamela, back to yourself. Okay, it's Midweek Drive, New York Real Talk. I'm sure you've got lots of questions and lines of that. And I'm also sensing from our our own discussions and on, on the program, there's a kind of similarity in your own feeling with respect to performing live and, of course, uh, the pandemic and post-pandemic and so on.
1: You've frozen. Am I there? Oh, yeah.
0: yes, yes, you haven't left us, Pamela. We've had one or two slight things. It's obviously oh. going over to oh, New perfect. York. It's not as easy as going what to North Carolina. North
1: Carolina, obviously. Yeah. No, no, it's okay. I'm back. I think I'm back. Am I back? Um, yes. So, Leah, we we have we're in New York City. So we've been um, we've sort of been out more. I mean, the first show that we went and he's a guitar player, uh, Jerry Leonard. He he. We went to see Patti Smith, and it was so freaky because we were at a venue called the city winery and it was an amazing show, but everyone was really, it was weird. There were just a few tables. But everyone was so starved for live music that that the audience it was like going to temple or church, you know. The audience was just so thankful and and, 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 and she was joking, Patty Smith was joking about how she usually spits all over the audience and <laughs> <laughs> Wow <Well.
2: laughs>
1: But I mean it's it's interesting, um because uh you know we're we're doing that. Jerry's uh just gone to South by Southwest, so we're doing you know he's doing tours i'm actually going to book my first show in in, in june and it is like creeping back there i mean i
0: i, I think we've just lost you again pamela uh, obviously there's some kind of bizarre notion maybe it's the weather maybe it's snowing again in new york i don't know we're fine with north carolina but somehow getting to new york who knows maybe it's just the the, uh, the that mysterious kind of fourth ether guest. let's let's turn back to kathy uh, any sort of further questions you'd like to put to leah at the moment
3: Oh man. Uh of course. I I mean, so I guess Oh, oh my god, I... I think I lost you. <laughs> I think I lost pa- everybody. Pamela,
0: I don't know what's happening with your Are internet connection there? but it's all over the place today. But never mind. Is it snowing again?
1: No. It's... Um can I speak or uh, did you hear any of that?
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm being honest no, but... you know, We got we got a little bit about Patty Smith actually sort of sharing some some salivary amylase with the audience. But that's about it, really.
1: Um, I was thinking of the the concept of reset, resetting. Um, We need it. We should do it. We're frozen. (laughs) Um, Sorry, (laughs) I'll just keep going. Um, That we we artists need to be brave. Anyway, Phil, stop. Period. And just not give a, you know, bleep about, you know, we have to not think about what they want from from us. We have to just be true and authentic. And given the, given the, given the opportunity, it's brilliant because you, you returned to that. That's what you start with. You returned to that, which is such a gift. And now your audience gets boldness, which we need. The world needs it so badly. I think I'm so inspired by what you're doing. Please keep doing it. Don't even think about it. You know, keep on this journey because everyone needs to be more brave. And thank you're you. a good
2: example. It's, it's coming in a very difficult moment because was, it was one of those very gloomy nights yesterday when I was staring at the ceiling thinking, why am I doing all this once again? And, uh, so it's thank you. It's very well. The timing is impeccable. Um, thank you thank you
0: it's thank what we you. call the, the midweek drive magic basically we always like to feel that we can actually drop in a little bit of inspiration as an in unrequired it's, it's it's part of our cosmic duty there we are i i put it all down to jessica anyway uh jessica ba- ba- back to yourself uh, any general questions you'd like to share with the uh, the team and now Jessica's freezing. It's Sorry. most peculiar. <laughs> I Our think minds. I'm frozen. We're clearly sort of going through that particular bizarre system there. I, I tell you what, Leah, have you been to New York City?
2: No, I've only been to San Francisco, uh, Sacramento, uh, General Bay Area of San Francisco, but not, not the other side. I'm looking forward to it though.
1: Come, we'll hang out, we'll make music.
2: <laughs> yes. I have a lot of dear friends over there who do make music and they've always kept telling me, what are you doing there? You should have been here. Why are you there? You should have been here. The only thing that's keeping me away from New York is cold, but now it's, it's snowing in Athens. So I might as well just, you know, let go of my fear of yeah, low temperature. We just, a,
1: we just had a summer day yesterday. I kid you not. It was 72 degrees Fahrenheit. I don't know what that you is. You see? It was summer. summer. We were wearing shorts outside and it was summer. Look at me.
2: I wear this thing and you have this gorgeous shirt and I'm like a snowman
1: here. You're gorgeous.
2: (laughs) I'm freezing though, but yes. (laughs) Thank you.
0: I mean, whilst we're talking about weather, Jessica, now you're back with us. What's the weather like in North Carolina and Charlottesville?
4: It is very warm. Um, I hope you guys can hear me. It's really, really warm. We're in like the high 20s, um, Celsius. I don't know exactly what because the Fahrenheit to Celsius confuses me. (laughs) um, High 20s, that's that's early early summer. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It gets very hot like really easily here. And um, the trees are like covered in all these white blossoms. And when the wind goes through them, all the petals fall off like snow. So it's really beautiful.
0: Yeah, I always find there's a poignancy in terms of the cherry blossom, which blooms uh, very rapidly, and then we lose all the cherry blossom as if it was as if it was never really there. But never mind. Let's don't get let's not get maudlin, Kathy. Uh, I won't ask you what the weather is like in Lincoln, England, because I'm sure it'll be uh, ice cold this evening. And then we would you for a week a week of summer, which is nice. So, <laughs> so what what sort of general question would you like to put to either Leah or indeed Pamela, or both?
3: Ooh. Oh, a double question? I want to do a double question. Um, <laughs> all right, yeah. My question is, because I know we're all very comfortable kind of being a little bit more of a homebody now. We like our homes, kind of, <laughs> we, we enjoy it. But what is the band you would go and leave your house for if you knew you can go for free and you'd be front front row? What's the band you want to go see as soon as possible?
2: I... Which we know that there is no... They are alive, right? Yeah. We need a yeah, band yeah. that's alive. Preferably. <laughs> well, because, again, it's it's a whole <laughs> different concept. Yeah, it's a band. bit tough
0: to actually see Beethoven <laughs> actually performing live these days. You know, I know it's, it's whatever. Yeah. Like, know?
3: if it's a band that broke up and they're not together, but the members are alive and there's, like, a possible reunion show, that could be a dream. Go for it. <laughs>
2: um. <laughs> Well, I didn't see them when I was younger, because uh, I, I, I was sold out and I never made it. They haven't come yet. They haven't been here again. And um, I think I've seen almost anything that I'd like to see of people who are alive, excluding, you know, jazz, legends and all that. Like, I haven't seen Quincy Jones perform but that he'll never come to Greece so I wouldn't know um, I'd love to see Radiohead because I missed them when I was young and I haven't seen them and I've, it's one of those things where you say I'm going to be very happy with my life if I've done that before I die so I'd want to see Radiohead and Genesis but they don't, you know, they don't perform so Genesis and Radiohead is my dream
3: no, excellent choices
0: <laughs> Pamela Genesis and Radiohead.
1: Leah, <laughs> you took the band out of my mouth.
2: <laughs> Genesis or Radiohead?
1: Radiohead! I was like, I know this answer. I know it. And I don't have to think anymore. I'm going to listen to Leah. And <laughs> you said, So I'm not going to change my answer. I'm, I'm leaving it to the one because that's it. But I'm with you. Let's go see Radiohead wherever they play, even though they broke up. But they didn't really break up.
2: No, they're, they're, they're sort of coming back. We're not really sure what they're doing. But they're
1: from New York. I, I, I've from New York. But so my daughter is a huge Radiohead fan. And we, we always talk about what's the best song. And then we we're like we hear a few notes. And we're like, oh. And we try and guess the name. Because the names are very obscure. Time to even remember what some of the titles were. <laughs> but it's Radiohead. Yes. Yes. <laughs>
0: And Inevitably, I have to ask the question, Leah, favourite Radiohead uh, number or composition?
2: Um, lately, lately, it's been um, Burn the Witch, which is from the Moonshade Pool. It's from the previous album. Um, I am a very, very big fan of Radio Computer. Uh, uh, sorry, of um, okay, OK Computer. computer. Uh, and Kidei. But uh, there's a lot of favourites, but... You know it's 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 like classical history in my head but burn the witch was something it did something crazy this arrangement this cinematic arrangement the string sections this wild this weird tempo and this buildup for some reason um, I always wondered when we were on tour and we're driving towards dawn because we're running around to catch the next boat to jump off to the next island. I always wanted to listen to Burn the Witch when the sun comes was coming up, so I am I'm a little bit fixated about that song.
0: Is that something which also was captured from your mindset? Is Leah actually uh, just channeling Pamela Man's consciousness across the Atlantic it's Ocean? Me.
1: It's freaking me out Leah, you're freaking me out. <laughs> um, there was another song that came to mind but it's so very sad and I'm trying really hard not to to go to that sad place right now. Um, but, motion picture soundtrack, break your heart, that song will just break your heart and gut you. Um, so yeah, Burn the Witch is great. And as a second one, I would just, for the juxtaposition, I, w- I would say, uh, I would say motion picture
2: soundtrack and then we can all cry. Yeah, or, or fake plastic trees or we we'll generally we can cry with Radiohead.
0: And I'm sure Radiohead will actually be sort of listening to this and saying, the missing fourth guest is the ultimate album that we need to access. Available of course, from the 4th of April, uh, 2022. Uh, it's going to be absolutely awesome uh, by Leah Hyde. I mean, clearly, in terms of the uh, the, the backstory that you've actually had, there, um, did you feel that the classical composition that you've actually developed... I mean, we talked last week about how do we define dark pop, and we had various discussions about... What dark pop was, dark art, progressive pop, etc. And I look at obviously leahides.com, a perfect website which works through that. And I'm sensing almost a, a Scandinavian noir esque aspect, which is there. Maybe it's because I've been used to the likes of uh, Vangelis Papathanassiou and uh, even Nana Muscuri in terms of even Demis Roussos in terms of Greek artists, et cetera. And you kind of threw me because I thought this is, this is unusual for, for sort of you know, our, our appreciation of Greek uh, popular music culture.
2: Well, um, Vangelis and uh, Nana Mouskouri were both uh, Greeks who spent uh, most of their lives abroad. And they, they, Vangelis was a pioneer of what he did. And Nana Mouskouri had the chance to work with um, superhuman individuals like Michel Legrand and, you know, amazing composers. So, um, and she is not a cre- um she is a, a performer, an interpreter herself. She's not a... Um, um, composer or a songwriter yeah. and Vangelis to me is more like a, um, a scientist because he was involved in the whole synth- synthesizer and that era of new music back then. Um, I, I understand that Greek music is um, misunderstood for happier music or for dancing music or for... Or, or, um, or smashing
0: plates at weddings. I mean, let's be honest...
2: Yes, thank you um, for being a little bit picturesque and colorful. Um, That is most of commercial Greek language pop music. There's a lot of uh, Greek language um, sad music, which is also a lot commercial, but we have this gorgeous and grand English speaking scene And um, we've been active in the English speaking scene since the 60s. I mean, my dad used to play an English singing band and we were always driven and always influenced by things that came mostly from the US and some from the UK. There was always a debate like in Greece, you either love the Beatles or the Rolling Stones or you either like the blues or you like the Brits. It was like always this thing. And um, so, yeah, English-speaking Greek music has this tendency of being a little bit more intellectual than the Greek-speaking one. Uh, Phonetically, it's very intriguing because our language doesn't actually fit the English language. We have a different phonetic system and it gets a little bit wild. But when it comes to dark pop, I don't, to be honest, pop has a very negative meaning in Greece. Everything that, uh, when you label something pop, you immediately uh, degrade yourself. You, it's like you, you're, you're telling people I'm not good. I'm just commercial.
0: I'm going in for the Eurovision song contest
2: oh no that is a very high value for us oh. in Greece <laughs> so yeah it's, it's yeah it's a very weird system it's a very real value system but dark pop I think I wanted to have the word dark because when people listen to pop they expect to listen to something like um let's say Demi Lovato or Ed Sheeran or something like that which I don't do now our engineer suggested that we employ the word progressive because we change tempos, we have different durations, we we mix and match different genres, we don't have usual or common song structures. So to be honest with you, I don't know what it is that we play. I am forced to label it it. Because you know, Spotify wants a label, and iTunes wants a label, and journalists want a label. Well, I know that I'm doing dark music because of my themes. I know that it's a little bit intellectual, probably because of what I love to listen to and my, my studies. I, I know it's pop, because it's not metal, it's not rock, it's not jazz, and it's not. So, but that's, that's the best I could do, labeling it, what, what we're doing
0: labels don't logically make arguments and if you're having a discussion after dinner the worst, the worst thing you can do is try to pigeonhole and classify things classification can cause so many challenges as indeed uh, even charles darwin found but let's not go there um we have reached the stage though where we're almost at the last sort of sequence but leah given a choice between and this might be a, t- a tough question between us wrapping up this little piece with the proposal or with dinner which one would you like us to uh, to conclude with dinner. Second airing and rightly so. Brought us neatly around before we actually hear dinner to those last two questions. Yeah it's New York Real Talk so I think you know the t- the choice here it's a it's a it's a really difficult choice for me because do I go for the more polite British way of asking these two questions or do I go for the more solid Telly esque Greek uh, Kojak way of asking questions that Jennifer Aniston might be proud of if we're sort of flagging up our, our Greek routines. the hey we've got two new yorkers here for, for that sort of point of view pamela would you like to throw the last two questions to leah please in your inimitable new york real talk musician style go for it
1: yay um number one have you had a good time with us today and number two will you come back soon please
2: yes definitely yes
0: a double yes for a double play uh, kathy manso jessica voters pamela Suman again some extraordinary connections with respect to new york we don't know what's happening on with respect to servers there but at least you got the bulk of the thing down in the end which is great and of course to the awesome Leah Hyde, uh, huge thanks uh, in a fairly frosty greece don't worry Leah, it'll get warmer we, we have no doubt it'll we'll be working through our that uh, basis.
2: i'll avenge you in the summertime you'll be here trying to sunbathe and you'll be just burning in the sun and i'll be laughing
0: <laughs> yeah that's why i always say wear sunscreen uh or indeed sun cream I those to, Leah Hyde, we salute you. Miss is that almost all children will have had a respiratory virus infection by the time they're two years old. And to talk us through the whole um, stresses of common infant, uh, the common infant respiratory viruses, we're delighted to welcome to fine souls who are actually specifically connected with this. Uh, first of all, uh, the Chair of Pediatric Infectious Diseases and Global Health, the University of
6: Edinburgh. That's Professor
0: Harish Nair. How are you, Harish?
6: Hi, I'm good. Um, good to meet you, Alex.
0: Excellent. We've also got a GP and mum, Dr Shireen, with us. How are you, Shireen?
7: Hi, Alex. I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Um,
0: yes, good. And and surprised by this finding because, I mean, looking at some of the, the sort of survey things, over a third of parents feel they have a lack of understanding on how to manage children's respiratory illnesses from home. So perhaps you'd like to just share with us, Shireen, these common viruses I mean we've just come out of obviously a two-year period basically where respiratory viruses are very much to the fore in the news how does that connect to obviously infancy and so on?
7: Yeah absolutely I mean obviously we've we've been through a very difficult time over the last two years and I feel like parents now um, really want to learn more about viruses and how they affect their children. So um, RSV, which is the virus that we're focusing on in this campaign, um, most children, if not all, will will get it by the the age of two years old. Um, And I think that um, although in most children it causes quite a mild uh, cough or a cold, um, there are some children that can be really severely affected by it. And I think what parents really want to know is, when they should worry, um, when they should get help and where they can get that help from. Um, And that is really the focus of this campaign, just to help educate and empower parents to know know what to do. Because when they have that confidence, I think it really does help relieve some of that mental stress and strain and that burden that they are feeling because obviously they want the best for their
2: children too.
0: Harish, are there any geographical differences in terms of the likelihood of picking up a a respiratory virus or is it to do with quality of air? I mean, are there any patterns that people see in terms of why this is prevalent?
6: So that's a good question. Um, Geographically, what you would find is within the UK, there are no differences, but um, obviously um, the, the infection is more common in the low and middle income countries. And part of it is because of some of the risk factors are more common there. But in general, if parents are smoking at home, for example, if the baby was premature, um, if the, the, the baby was small for gestational age, for example, so all of these, um, and, and overcrowding at home, all of these are generally risk factors. So anything that is related, just like for any other respiratory infection, um, poverty is, 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 a, is a, a good sort of benchmark for um, the, these respiratory viruses. Um, and uh, I think the more important thing to realize is, as Shirin has already said, to recognize the danger signs when the child is really sick, requires medical attention, needs to be taken to the hospital. And if the child is given proper care, most of these children will have a very good outcome and they will come out of it and it will be a short hospital stay. But obviously we do, o- overall globally, we find between 100,000 to 200,000 children dying every year from this respiratory syncytial virus.
0: And Shireen, echoing that, I mean, as a young mum yourself, presumably it's stressful enough actually looking after a young child in the first place, but if somebody listening to this and they feel as though their child has got a, a respiratory virus, presumably the first thing is to be calm and to actually uh, really be reassured that it may not necessarily be something that's hugely traumatic, but it is something that can be overcome.
7: Absolutely, and the majority of uh, children that get this um, are are fine and they're managed at home supportively. Um, As Professor Nair stated, there are some that need to go to hospital, um, and as long as the parents are aware of when to take their children to hospital, and we can cover that as well, um, then... The, the, the outcomes generally, that they're, they're good. We, they just need that extra support. And the thing about viruses is they're not like bacterial infections where there's a fixed antibiotic treatment. Most of the time it is supportive treatment. The virus just needs to run its course, but we just need to support, support the children um, or the patient just to get better um, with anything that they need.
0: Uh, and back to Professor Nair again, from the overall line of things, are, are the medical treatments improving day by day? I mean, clearly, as uh, uh, Chair of Pediatric Infections, Diseases and Global Health, um, one would hope that the, uh, the overall prognosis is getting better.
6: So the important thing to note here, Alex, is that there is there are no specific antivirals for respiratory syncytial virus. As Shireen has already mentioned, this is a conservative management. So if you take the child to the hospital, uh, what basically the hospital will do is, if the child's oxygen saturation levels are low, then give the child um, supplemental oxygen. And if the child is dehydrated, for example, then go, give fluid therapy. But generally, this is conservative management, as Shireen has already said, The the virus needs to run its course. But that said, I think um, the the preventative uh, landscape does look quite promising. There are several immunization um, products, uh, vaccines, monoclonal antibodies that are um, in the pipeline in advanced clinical development and hopefully we will have one or more products that are licensed um, uh, and, and become available in the next year or so.
0: Shireen, for people who are wishing to find out further information about this, would you uh, counsel them to go to the NHS.uk website initially or are there any sources of information that you'd put forward?
7: Absolutely. So um, with, with most things, um, the NHS website is a fantastic resource and I always recommend it to my patients. You know that you're going to get um, evidence based information that's that's correct because there is a lot of um misinformation out there online so i'd always be very careful of what websites you're going to but nhs uk is a fantastic resource um, also as part of this campaign there's a website TogetherAgainstRSV.com, and there's a lot of information on there as well that should you know be very helpful to parents and um, what i would also urge people to do i always think that knowledge is power and when you're in the midst of uh, an infection and your child's unwell it's not the best time to start reading i would always say try to pre-prepare this is a very common virus most children will Will get it by the age of two. So if you do have a baby, have a little look at these resources. Just have it in the back of your mind at what point you would start to worry, at what point you would start to get help, and that will really just give you that empowerment when your child is unwell to know what to know what to do. And just one one more thing that I would like to add is something I always tell uh, parents that uh, uh, parents of patients. Um, is that trust your instincts you might your child's illness might not necessarily fit a particular box or guidance that you've seen but you know your child better than anyone so if you think that your child is sick and they need help there's no such thing as wasting a doctor's time please please make contact with your gp with 111 or if you're very worried you call for an ambulance
0: Dr. Shereen, as ever, uh, fascinating and uh, very informative, and many thanks for taking part in this particular piece today. Uh, Likewise, uh, Professor Harry Schneer, Chair of Paediatric Infectious Diseases and Global Health at the University of Edinburgh. Many thanks indeed. Take care and be well.
5: Thank mm-hmm. you.